Hey, y'all. It's me, Jess Bubbico, and I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up with Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business to health to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I am very excited to have Holly Emerson here with us today. Holly, thanks for being here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the work that you do and what dream work is? Yeah. So I am a dream oracle. And what that means is I can dream on behalf of others as well as work with other people through the dream world to create transformations and integrations around whatever it is that they might be transitioning through or healing through or whatever it is for that individual person. So actually working energetically with them through the dream world is what I do. And I also have a dream oracle school where I teach others to learn their personal dream language so they can be empowered and understand the messages of their dreams and consciously connect with spirit through the dream world to receive guidance and insights to help them navigate their everyday life. No big deal. Only like the coolest sounding (laughs) thing ever. Um, How did you get in to dream work? Oh, it just, it just honestly unfolded in my path or on my path for me. So primarily most of my life has been focused around my healing journey and growing up and into my thirties, even I didn't think I had any spiritual gifts, or if I did, they were like really muted and I had no idea how to access them. And so my, my time was just focused on, like I said, healing. And so I was working with this one spiritual teacher and she was hosting a trip to Egypt. It was a sacred site tour to Egypt in 2017. And I just felt this huge call. Like I'd always wanted to go to Egypt. And so I signed up and went. And while I was there, it just unlocked and awoken the dream oracle in me. I know that sounds really crazy, but that's actually what happened. Mm -hmm. And I started to become much more conscious in my dream. So I had been lucid dreaming before and always curious about my dreams, but never understood my dreams. And when I looked up my dreams, it just didn't really resonate. And so I just kind of, for most of my life, I just set dreaming aside And when I was in Egypt, everything just unlocked. And it was like, I was getting these downloads and integrations through my dreams where it was very clear that these messages from spirit were coming through. 
And so I started sharing those messages online on my social media accounts and it started growing from there. And then my mother-in-law called me one day and asked me if I could get a dream message specifically for her. And I was like, I don't know, let me try. And so I did, and I got some very clear messages and shared them with her and just started experimenting and doing readings for friends and just sharing about it. And it just kind of grew from there. And then more people started reaching out, wanting to learn how they could understand their dreams, or some of them were feeling that maybe they could do dream oracle work too. And so that's just kind of how it grew. And that's how everything evolved to where it is now with having my school and doing the readings that I do. Incredible. I love how you went to Egypt and had that experience of being activated in the way that you did. Cause I think sometimes even just some, sometimes sacred land and also sometimes getting out of our normal environment where we're looking at the same things, having the same thoughts every day. And all of that can be a really powerful catalyst for being able to open to something completely new. Yeah, for sure. And it also felt like there was the energetic, maybe downloads of past lives being activated. Mm -hmm. That was, that was a huge thing too. And I think we all have experiences like that. Totally. Mm -hmm. What? So there was one thing that you said that really stuck out to me, which was the fact that you would look up like you you dream and then you'd look up dream interpretations and they wouldn't really fit for you. And so I'm kind of curious to understand a little bit more because I'll I'll often do the same thing and I'll or I'll have like a crazy dream and I'm like there's nothing to even like I put it into Google and there's no way that <laughs> I'm going to come up with any kind of, you know, generic understanding of what my dream was about. So how did you, like, how does someone start to interpret their own dream language as opposed to sort of outsourcing for the understanding of what it means? Yeah, that's a really great question. And what I always suggest is to tune into the energy and the vibration of the dreams first before you start looking at the symbols. And the reason why I suggest this is because it is about dropping into your intuition to uncover what your dream personally meant for you. So we have our own personal dream language because we have our own associations with different symbols, people, places, experiences, etc. And so our dreams speak to us in our own personal dream language. And when we try and use our thinking mind, our rational mind, our logical mind to interpret and understand our dreams, it really takes us out of our intuition and disconnects us from our soul. And our dreams come from the realm of soul. Like when I reference the dream world, what I'm referencing really is the infinite, the all the dimensions, the spirit world, whatever kind of term you have for that, that's, that's essentially what I'm referencing. And so our dreams are messages from our soul, from our higher selves, our spirit guides. So the first step is really to drop into our intuition. And from there, we can start uncovering what our messages are, what the symbols and what our dreams mean for us as individuals. Mm. Yeah. I love that. It's almost like wanting to understand French, but using a Spanish book 
to try to understand <laughs> it because it's using something that's different than the the language from which your dreams are speaking to you in. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, I always start with that. What I mean by like going to your personal dream language first, there are always things like the elements. The elements is a great example of how we have common symbolism for the various elements. And so you might look up your dream, like, oh, there was all this fire in my dream. What did that mean? And, and, you know, because so many of us see fire as transformation, um, death and rebirth, things like that, you know, you might look it up and you might resonate with what Google is telling you, but for the more nuances and the majority of our dreams, yeah, we have to really tune into our, our own intuition and personal dream language for that. Absolutely. So are there different types of dreams? Because I'm just thinking about the dreams that I've had where I can really clearly say, okay, I was talking about that today and then it showed up in my dream and it felt like it was almost like my brain was trying to like process it or wash it out of my brain. Are there different types of dreams? Um, yeah. Is there, yeah, that's my question. Are there different types of dreams? Yes, there's definitely different types of dreams <clears throat> and those ways of viewing our dreams, like psychologically viewing our dreams, how we in, in like modern day, we have kind of determined that there is a lot of what I call brain dumping dreams. And that's like those psychological processing of all the messages and experiences that we're going through in our daily life, we are processing that to some extent in our dream world. And there is also so many other things going on in our dreams. So I had this one teacher, um, his name's Daniel Goodenough. One time he said to me that in order for sacred text to be considered like sacred, like sacred scripture to be sacred, it had to have at least 17 layers of meaning. So like the Bible, mm. for example, has at least 17 layers of meaning. Um, and so I feel like our dreams are the same. And so you might have these brain dumping dreams and there is also other layers of meaning that could be happening in those dreams, but we just maybe aren't conscious to it. So Yes. In a nutshell, there's many different types of dreams. The dream that you kind of were referencing or the type of dream that you're referencing, I consider those brain dumping dreams. Some people call them, I think like mundane dreams. Um, I can't remember. Everybody kind of has, or like a monkey mind dreams. I've heard that term before, but then there's also healing dreams. There's prophetic dreaming. There's um, like past life type dreaming. There's so many different kinds, like, yeah, so many different kinds of dreaming. <laughs> yeah. I love what you just said about the layers, because even as I asked that question, then as you were responding, I was thinking, sure, it's a brain dump dream. And why did my brain hold on to it in the first place? Or, you know, what, what significance might it have, even if mm -hmm. it is just something that happened during the day? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So can we get into a couple of those different types of dreams? Um, and, and I'm curious how we might distinguish between the types of dreams that we're having. 
Yeah. So what I recommend is it is hard at first. And this is why having a dream journal and a dedicated practice to dreaming is important because it takes time to learn to discern for yourself energetically what the different types of dreams feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not really something that, you know, I could say, well, when you feel this in a dream, that means it's this type of dream because yeah. it is different for everybody. And so it's learning to tune into those subtle nuances so you can discern for yourself what that dream is. And, and yeah, having dialogue, um, you know, like in my dream Oracle school, lots of us talk about our dreams and we kind of go back and forth and people like my students can start to discern and uncover what their healing dreams feel like versus what they feel like for me, for example. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. What, um, what are some of the ways that people can get started just starting to maybe even tune in? I'm thinking of the people who might be saying like, I don't really remember. I know I dream vividly, but I don't really remember them. What are some ways that we can start to work with our dreams or even remember them? Yeah. So starting with the intention is always helpful. It's like, saying like making that statement to your dreaming space and to your guides and to yourself that you want to start working with your dreams more consciously is a great first step. And you can also follow that up with, um, some different, some different tips that I can share around remembering your dreams. And then I can also share some tips around, yeah, like some dreaming practicing tips. So for remembering dreams, one of the things that I always do is, um, it's kind of like a muscle. So our memory of recalling dreams is like a muscle and it's like working out at a gym. And so one of the ways to work out that muscle is, is, um, the snooze alarm, the snooze button. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I like accidentally like uncovered this technique when I had to get up really early for a job and I wasn't that like stoked about getting up that early. <clears throat> and so I would always set my alarm like an hour before I actually had to get up and I would hit snooze <laughs> for mm. like that entire hour. And what I noticed was that every time I hit snooze, it would like, in it would I would go back into the dream world. So sometimes I would go into the same dream or I would start a new dream. And then the snooze alarm would wake me up and I could easily recall my dream. And so what you can do is have that practice. And then while you are like hitting the snooze button and falling back asleep, you can replay your dream in your mind over and over until it, it kind of solidifies. So mm. This is kind of another technique. So the snooze alarm is one. And then the, another technique is like, when you do wake up, just be as still as possible. And it's almost like you're pulling the dream from the dream world into this consciousness. And mm -hmm. you're doing that by replaying the dream or recalling certain energies or feelings or symbols or people in the dream or places in the dream and bringing it into this consciousness. Because when we wake up and we just start thinking about our life, what we have to do that day, all the, you know, 
mundane things in our waking life that we have to do, we easily forget our dreams. So being mindful of focusing on the dreams right when you wake up is also helpful. Um, I, I work with intentions a lot. So setting the intention of, you know, I will easily remember my dreams when I wake up is a really great, simple intention. And that also creates that statement and intention of, you know, saying to the universe that I want to become more conscious of my dreaming. And I want to like open that door and say yes to what my dreams have to offer. I love that. The, um, it's interesting. I can so relate to the snooze alarm situation because when (laughs) I what I mean, I actually don't really snooze a whole lot now, uh, more so because I wake up at the hour that feels good. But I can certainly relate to that because there's some part of me where it's almost I'm like half conscious, half still foot in the dream world. And it feels a lot easier to remember from that place. So I'm going to try that one out. Something yeah. that popped into my head too, as you were talking is um, what you were talking about, like trying to analyze your dreams before from like a logical place. And sometimes I find that if I'm stressed out and I'm like, I need to remember, I I literally can't remember, but then I'll be in the shower or I'll be driving and in more of that like alpha theta slowed down state and it'll just pop right into my head again. And I'll be like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I forgot that that happened in my dream last night. So I'm going to, I'm going to try the snooze alarm technique. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think that, um, to your point of, you know, when you remember your dream in the shower, or even if you're going about your day, something pops in, be curious around what you might've been thinking about at that time Mm -hmm. that caused you to recall that part of your dream, because in all likelihood, there could be a connection there and a message that is coming from your dream, connecting to whatever your thoughts is or whatever you were doing at that moment. That's a great point. I like that a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's awesome. That's really awesome. What, um, I know you were going to, you were going to give us a little bit on, was it dream hygiene or like sleep hygiene or how to start, um, working with our dreams? Yeah. Yeah. So in the evening, obviously, um, have a dream journal. That's always handy. I personally have a, I voice record my dreams. So Mm -hmm. I have an Apple watch and I have this app. It's called just press record. Um, I prefer it over the voice memo app on Apple because it's literally a button that you just touch and it immediately starts recording. So you can kind of be in that dream state still and start recording. Um, and then you can transcribe it all into your journal in the morning. Um, so that's like, you know, step one, because understanding your dreaming patterns is, is helpful in the long run. And also I am a big fan of dreaming rituals. So before bed, maybe you want to do certain things that feel intuitive for you, but with intention of it being part of your dreaming and bedtime ritual. So, you know, a lot of people talk about having a morning routine to get your day going. I almost kind of believe that our day starts with when we go to sleep because Mm. you know how many times 
or like we've all experienced waking up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, you wake up and you're grumpy and then your whole day is like ruined. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you set the intention of consciously working with your dreams for a specific thing in the evening and really set that dreaming space for you, your dreams will be more potent. They'll be perhaps the energy that you're wanting to play with, which, you know, for example, like I love joy. And so, um, a lot of the intentions that I'll work with might be joy-based. So I'm going to sleep and I'm experiencing joy and then I wake up and then I have a joyful day. So I, I really do believe that those bedtime and dreaming time rituals are so important, not just for the next day, but also for your dreaming practice. So some ritual ideas are, could be, you know, cleansing your space with sage or Palo Santo or, or whatever herb you feel called to burn, for example. Um, maybe it's, it's a meditation where you're just like quieting the mind. Um, I heard another really good one recently, and that was a worry journal. So like writing down mm. in your journal or on a piece of paper, like all the things that you like didn't do that day that you're like worrying about. So you're kind of brain dumping and getting that out. So you don't necessarily take that into the dream world with you. I thought that was a really good, good practice. Um, Maybe a bath or doing like yoga nidra or stretching or having some tea and just putting your intentions for your dreaming space into the tea and just quietly drinking it before you go to bed. It could be whatever feels intuitive for you, but it's that act of doing it with intention, I think is what makes it more potent. I love that. And you know, it just, what popped in my head was, um, I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you've heard of these before, but maybe not. They're called the like worry dolls. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Yeah. Those used to be so in when I was a kid. Yes. And I think I can't remember. I think they're from a particular culture. And I think the idea, if I remember correctly, was like, put the doll underneath your bed, underneath your pillow, and it'll help to like, take your worries away. Um, Or I'm even just thinking about like dream catchers and like these little symbols, like you're saying with these rituals that we can almost, it's like a way to set intention in a really physical, tangible way to be able to Mm -hmm. support us in that transition between dream world and, and waking world, like remembering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good call on the worry dolls. I forgot about those. I actually yeah. have a couple uh, laying around here somewhere. I should pull them up. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, so I'm curious in terms of like, what are some of the things that you notice with your students as they start to work with their dreams, what are some of the common things that you hear them saying, like whether it's realization and light bulb moments that go off or common challenges that they come up against? And um, like, what, what's kind of that process? Like what starts to happen for the people that you work with as they start working in the dream space? Yeah. One of the first things that happens is they realize that their dreams are full of messages <laughs> and mm-hmm. they can understand them. They're, they, they start get grasping their personal dream language and really feeling into what their dreams are telling them for them. 
versus, you know, that looking up thing. So they really start getting a grasp of their personal dream language. They also, what I've noticed is a lot of them almost feel like a deeper sense of empowerment Mm -hmm. because, you know, when we can connect with spirit, it's almost like, I don't, and, and it's even like a personal thing that I've experienced too, but I see it in my students where it's like, they realize how powerful they are and how connected to source they are. So there's like an empowerment piece that I've noticed amongst my students. And they also learn about their own dreaming cycles. And that's always interesting to understand how they dream, when they have more potent dreams, um, what different star signs do to their dream, like their dreaming Mm -hmm. space. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating. And, and a lot of them feel like it connects them more deeply to themselves and their own journey. There's so much depth here in everything that you're saying. I'm just thinking about like recently I've had um, a numerologist come on once a month and we're talking about, um, the numerology and the cycles. And, and I've been talking with my best friend a lot about how we have these different cycles that we go through and how it's so easy in the modern world to be like, just keep going all of the time, or just keep working harder or, you know, like ignore cycles and seasons. Cause we're used to, especially I think about, well, you're in Canada, so I'm sure you would get this, but I think about being in the Northeast of the United States, like just because it's winter, things don't slow down at all, you know, or just because it's, you know, the, well, in fact, this, it's funny. It should be the, almost the opposite. It's like summertime things, maybe slow down a little bit. We stop going to school, but I guess we have more fun. Um, but I, I never thought about that in the sense of being able to really pay attention to these cycles of nature. And even if it's the nature within ourselves, like if for women, menstrual cycle, all that kind of stuff and how that might affect the way that we dream or how we dream. So that's really cool to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It is really fascinating. Um, it, it just ultimately, I find dreams bring us back into like tuning in to our cycles, you know, like you, like you touched on there. And, um, one of the biggest influencers of our dreams is the moon. She's like the biggest influence really. And so working with the cycles of the moon and dream work is, is really fascinating. And it, it just brings us back to our nature, I think in a more conscious way, you know, like you said, in this North American society, it can be very go, go, go. And we get out of sync with our natural rhythms and through dreams, we can get back in sync with our natural rhythms. Absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful. I would love it if you could share how people can find you and how they can work with you. Tell us a little bit about your dream Oracle school. Yeah. So the best place to connect with me is on Instagram and I'm at dream Oracle Holly. 
and I share lots of dream interpretation tips. I share dream messages, dream intentions that people can work with, all kinds of dreamy stuff there. Um, and in there, you can find my podcast, the Dream Collective Podcast, and my Dream Oracle School. I have a free 14 day trial for anybody who is curious and wants to test it out to see if it feels energetically a fit. And um, all that can be found like through my Instagram, you can always DM me. And my website is hollyemerson.com. Excellent. I would say anybody who can go and check that out, if you're feeling called to work with your dreams, um, that's really awesome that you've got a 14 day trial and we'll put all of the information for that below the podcast as well, so that people can go and check that out. Holly, okay, thanks thank so much you. for being here. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody out there, go and check out Holly. All of her information will be in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you back here on the next episode of the podcast. Hey, hey, thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support when you rate the podcast or leave a review. It helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the waking up with Jess podcast.